I'm in part two of a series called Eden, and um, uh, both morning and evening, but I'm going to do a bit of a different message. So if you are here from the morning, I do see some of you from the morning, you'll only be able to like really cheer knowingly for the first few minutes, and then we're going to get into we're going to get into some stuff around um, Eden. Um, the objective of my goal, uh, the, the object, the goal of my conversation tonight is to try to answer the broad question, why did God put us on this planet? Like, what was the game plan? And particularly because some Christians, and people in general, but some Christians think that it is some form of punishment or a journey of suffering in order to sort of make our way back as though we did something wrong in heaven and instead of being sent to the corner, he sent us to earth for like 70, 80 years and then you have to make your way back. And that is not the goal. God is not cruel. Can you say amen to that? God is adventurous and wants to take you on a journey of discovery, mostly the discovery of what you look like when you are in God. And to, and to get a sense a little of what that looks like. And so tonight, I, I want to talk to you about how important it is to recognize that work is a blessing and everything takes a bit of work. That's where we, we're going. Everything takes a bit of work. Last week, in the first service, um, in the first uh, uh, part, uh, both morning and evening, I discussed the idea of having a killer instinct. I mean, I originally called it, and, and I still, it's online like this, would I lie to you? But what I really wanted to say was, bluntly, like, you have to kill and eat. Now, I know that is offensive, uh, you know, to, to the people who perhaps are only vegetarian. And I, I, I'm, I'm not me. Maybe you could just see yourself as killing carrots and eating them. I don't know, like, find a biblical solution. Because the idea comes out of a vision in the book of Acts. And actually, what I really want to provoke you to is that we should not be too passive in life that God has called us to step out in faith and to be bold and courageous and to be deliberate about conquering. Every person here has some kind of Goliath somewhere that you need to slay. And slaying isn't just what you look like. Slaying is also, ah, fashion. You know, we, we, I, I, Matt didn't believe me. Did you Google it this morning? And was all right, was all right, Matt. Yeah, of course. No, I wouldn't have. I did my homework on this. Do you know when you say that somebody's looking good and you say they're slaying as a, as a fashion statement, do you know that that was first introduced as a term for people who look on point in the 1800s? It just come back again. Old things come back like new things. New things become old. Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. The thing you think is so on it this year is out of it next year. That's so last year, so last season. But if I wait a few more years, my ties from varsity days are on their way back. They are huge. They are the size of a freeway. But they're going to come back someday or the other. But the, the idea is God wanted to provoke Adam and Eve to take care of the garden. And so tonight I've titled the message, um, both services, morning and evening, I've titled the Taking Care of Business Like a Boss. Taking Care of Business Like a Boss. And here's the premise I want to take you on, the journey I'd like you to take you on. And that is the idea that some people work too hard on things that don't need that much work. And then some people don't work hard enough on the things that really matter. And then some people think that by working on one thing, it'll solve everything. 
I find that fascinating. I can't tell you how many people date someone only to land up parenting them. Oh, that went, that left field. That just kind of surprised me. Because you were looking for a partner, but you landed up with a child. And you have this need in your heart to nurse somebody rather than this need in your heart to be motivated by somebody. And we land up creating work for ourselves that in the end, Ecclesiastes, if we're going to talk about that verse, that book in the Bible says, it's like chasing the wind. It's all vanity. It's like chasing after stuff that it looks busy, but actually it doesn't produce anything. And um, I think sometimes we don't know to prioritize what's worth working on and what's not worth working on. And tonight, I want to describe to you out of Scripture uh, uh, something I only got to touch on this morning. I just announced it, but I'm going to dig into it tonight. The five things you should work on because it'll give you peace and prosperity in life. Five things you need to work on. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, and take care of it. Every one of us has something we, were, we are designed to work at. And somebody came to me and said, hey, but like God didn't uh, put the woman uh, uh, in the garden to work it. So like, what about that? That's because uh, um, um, God knew that man was going to be enough hard work for her. And so, <laughs> oh, making friends, losing friends, it's all in the mix. It's mankind. God puts in the garden. And in fact, uh, something to bear in mind is God made a place and then God made a person and then God made a purpose and then God made a partner. Try not to mix them up. Do it in that order. Figure out your place in life. Identify who you are as a person. Get a knowledge or a sense of what God's called you to and then invite somebody to come along. And sometimes we mix them up. We're still trying to become a person and we're inviting somebody else to become a person with us. And it gets really confusing. But there's a verse in Proverbs and here's where I'll, de- I'll depart from the morning service. That's really powerful. Proverbs uh, 12 verse 11 says this, those who work the land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Have no sense. I guess the conversation tonight is to figure out, would you know if you were chasing something that wasn't going to mean anything in the future? And would you know what the land, the field, the space that, that you need to really work on? I um, am often, as I get a little bit wiser, I used to say older, but I think I'm going to just say wiser now. Because like grey hair is wisdom. So like I think I can make the switch. Can I? Is that okay? Can I say? As I get a little wiser, I don't know about the aging thing. That's... That's, I don't know, just a number. Is that what people say? But as I get a little older, I'm, I'm, I'm wiser, wiser. I'm often struck by the kinds of conversations people want to have. Uh, uh, asking for help on something small when something big is obviously missing. And I wonder if sometimes that old phrase of arranging chairs on the Titanic isn't uh, often true in people's lives. Trying to sort out something that is not that meaningful when there's a great hole in the ship in some other area, like go work on the thing that's eternal and meaningful and valuable and the other stuff will come. The Bible describes it perhaps this way, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things shall be added unto you. And I wonder if you would know what is kingdom and what is things. 
Because I think that's helpful, isn't it? Isn't helpful to know? Actually, I, I, I don't want to embarrass uh, a friend of mine here, but I was having a conversation. Um, um, uh, 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 Justin, this goes to you. I'm having a conversation with a friend after a service, and I said, oh, this year I'm planning on gymming and, and getting muscles. Like last year was weight loss to optimum weight, but this year I'm going to put on muscle. That's my goal. At the time I turn next year, I am going to be like, I'm going to be at my best muscular cut. So my plan is I'm going to have pre-workout, post-workout. I'm going to Fedra cut. I'm going to lean cut. I'm going to casein. I know all the products. I'm going to have pre-workout and post-workout and the stuff you drink during the workout. And then my mate said, and go to the gym. Like you're actually going to, like you will lift weights. Like there is a, like you can't not, like all the, those, you see, that would be things. And then look, going to gym and actually lifting weight is like doing the kingdom of God stuff. Like that, you still have to lift the weights. And you need to be wise to know that there are a lot of things out there that are just fantasies, but not fields. And if you play in the fantasies too long, your fields become fallow. And you've got to know what are things and, and, and what, what's weight-bearing. And I, I, I wanted to encourage you to uh, uh, spend a little bit, by spending a little bit of time figuring out what those things are. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 is a, is a pretty well-known um, verse in, in the Bible. And I just want you to know, I don't have a cool or good even, I don't even have an efficient or good running style. Actually, I have a really bad running style. So uh, it, it explains why I don't run often. I, I run once in a while, uh, preferably on a treadmill because then I can like control the speed and nobody's coming for me with a car. And then I can also watch something on my iPad same time. So like, pre, like I'm a super lazy like runner. Uh, and in fact, I'm such a bad runner that when I, I, I got shoes, you know, you got to get a special kind of shoe depending on how you run. Uh, and you must just remember, I'm quite a short guy, so like when you do a normal human step, I must do two steps. So like I feel I should be doubled up. But, but I, I went to the specialist and he got me on a machine and he videoed me and he, to tell me what type of shoe I should wear. And his opening line was, look, I, 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 I'm going to get you the best shoe I can, I can for you, but like there's nothing we can do about that very awkward style. You've got an awkward running style. And I said, can I fix it? He said, no, no. Said by now, he said, you just, it's, it's awkward. You run like an insect. And so you can decide later what insect and tag me. But, but, but here's a one Corinthians nice is about running. I do all this for the sake of the gospel. The, 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 the apostle is about to just announce something uh, that I might, might share in its blessings. So, this is what a blessed life looks like. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to win the prize. Everyone who competes in the games. Um, uh, games goes uh, into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. I don't fight like somebody's just beating into the air. No, I strike a blow to my body. I tell my body, 
behave yourself and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified from the prize. He's saying you can't just run anywhere you want to run and you can't pretend you're boxing and not hit anything. There's a way to run. There's a way to fight. There's a way to bring your body under submission. There's a way to be a slave to righteousness so that you win the goal at the end. And some people are running in a way that they will never win. The way you run your relationships, you're not going to win. The way you run your finances, you're not going to win. The way you run your character, you're not going to win. The way you run your language, you're not going to win. You've got to run better. You've got to run better. The way you're fighting the devil, playing like that, you're going to lose. The way you're fighting your feelings, you're going to lose. The way you're fighting your own expectations or your pride, you're going to lose because you're just beating into the air. None of it, nothing's going to come from that. So there's a right way, a good way to fight and a good way uh, to, build, uh, to build faith. I, I, um, I'm not sure if uh, I, I, I can skip, uh, if the guys will let me just jump, I'm going to jump guys, um, to the five battlefields, if that's okay, just for time. I'm going to share with you five. The, the number five plays a big role in the Bible. Um, uh, 1 Samuel 17, quick, quick, quick uh, um, some of you are Googling it right now. The story of? David and Goliath. How many stones does he pick up? Five stones. Um, the parable of the talents, he gives to one man one and to another two and then to the most blessed person he gives, five. This idea of five is actually quite big in the Bible. Don't get over caught up in it. Like I know people get into like the number and then the number. They multiply the number by another number and they get another number. God wanted you to read the Bible, not do calculations on the Bible. You don't have to get too intense about it. But the idea is it's favor, it's blessing, it does have some meaning, but there's the space, uh, five things, five stones, five bags of blessing. There is a space in that. And, I, and that's why I, I wanted to talk to you about five things you should work on in proportion to what they're gonna give you. Now, the first one's funny, and I, when I shared it this morning, the church did laugh, but it's funny for a reason. You need a career so you can get some cash. Now, I, I know um, uh, it at first um, it seems obvious, but let me tell you why I'm saying that. I'm saying it because if what you're looking for from cash is anything else, you're looking in the wrong place. Your career does not give you character. Your career does not give you connection. It doesn't give you a place in the world. It doesn't make you feel like a man or feel like a woman or feel like you're winning. Let's, let it give you what it can give you, which is a resource so you can do stuff. But it doesn't make, see, that's important because someday you might be without a job and you're no less a man, you're no less a woman. You're just in between a place and all it is is a resource and you might not have it today, but you'll get it again. You might lose it, but you'll pick it up. Others might have it, but that doesn't mean they're more of a man or less of a man. Let's keep it in its appropriate place. I, I, um, I think sometimes we assign a value to something that it, it, it can't be. In fact, you'll find with all of these, you've got to work on all five so that you can feel the full favor of God. If you put everything in one or nothing in the other, you'll feel empty. And I, I think we all need a career and we need a career that gives us resource and we need to be able to build on it. And, and let me tell you, uh, 
God did not decide before you were born which career you would have. I just want to take away that stress. God just decided that whichever career you took, you would be an ambassador of heaven and a kingdom advancer and a person of righteousness in it. And if you can't be those three things, change your career. But he didn't in heaven go, oh, Vince, Vince must be an engineer for five years and then, oh, I hope he hears me well because then he must become a worship leader and a pastor and if he misses it by a year, it's a rough year and all the traffic lights go red and all that. You know, it's far too much pressure. What God called us to be is to enjoy our talents, our interests, our passions and get some resource from there. But when God touches your shoulder and says, I've got something more for you, you should say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Can you say amen to that? You're allowed to have an interest and a passion and, a, and go for it. But I think every one of us should be wise about what we're going to get out of that. I think we expect, you know how many people start their jobs and they get their first paycheck and they pay their first set of debit orders, which is usually equal to or more than their paycheck. And then they phone me and they say, is this it? Is this what I studied five years? What did you think? Like, did you think like the minute you got your first paycheck and paid your debit orders, you just get chest hair and biceps and it'd be like a severe, okay, is that not a, Oh, is that an anti thing for some people? Okay, okay, cool. I'm, I'll move along. You just think you just turn into like super you. No, it just does one thing. But you should still do it with diligence. Hebrews 13, uh, 16 says, do not neglect to do good, to contribute to the needs of the church and um, to the need of the church and expression of fellowship for such sacrifices are always pleasing to God. So I have a career so that it gives me cash so I can become a contributor. I didn't intend it to put all the lines together, but if they are together uh, production, don't worry about changing them now, it's okay. Um, so, so the second thing, the second bag of five, the second stone of five is this. We all need a sense of calling so that we can cultivate Christ-likeness. We all need a sense of calling so that we can cultivate Christ-likeness. And the reason for that is that it is important for all of us to learn how to become a follower. How are you doing? How is your work at becoming a follower? So in one case, instance, one stone, I work on a career and then I must work on being a follower. I use this example in the morning and I want to share it with you also because maybe you've got an example in your life like this. Um, I remember clearly five or six years ago, I had some youngsters in a small group or a Bible study group. What do you call them? Grow groups. We call them grow groups. My grow group meeting at my house. Some of them are here tonight. Um, and um, I remember the Lord just saying like, don't be selfish. Let people use your stuff. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, in particular, I felt this idea coming in my mind. So as I said in the morning, uh, I hear God by an idea that won't go away. I don't hear like a loud, like late night voices in, 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 my, in my house. If that works for you, that's very cool. I've generally found people who hear voices like that. Um, it's not always, you know, it's very questionable. Yeah, very questionable. Um, but that's how I hear it. And God said, let, let young people use your car. If they've got a driver's license, 
give it to them and tell them to use it. I like my car, I have a cool car, I've had cool cars and it used to stress me out. And I used to think about, why would the Lord give me an instruction like that? And I gave it some thought, I realized exactly what it was. I don't have kids and it's easy to become selfish about your stuff. And the Lord was teaching me that my stuff isn't just for me. And if I had a family and I had kids, I would take all the knocks that come with that. I would take the occasional overdriving it. And I would take the occasional finding McDonald's chips under the car seat. And I would take the occasional, uh, we went to spa and then it took two hours. So how could you take two hours to go to spa? Now, while we had your car, we just quickly went like via sods, like, and back. I'm like, okay, nice and all. But I'm, I'm learning following Jesus includes rubbing up against my selfishness and for everything to be done my way and all my possessions to be possessing me my way. And Jesus is just telling me, loosen up. It's just stuff and let it go wrong now and then and learn to smile and fix it. It's not the end of the world. Uh, if you don't do that, you, you're going to get selfish. How are you doing on being a follower? It takes work, but work is a blessing. Can you say amen to that? It takes work, but work is a blessing. 2 Timothy 1, 13 says, um, uh, keep and follow the pattern of sound teaching or doctrine, which you have heard from me uh, in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. To keep and to follow are not the same instruction. Some people are good keepers of the faith, uh, but aren't yet followers of the faith. And I want to encourage you to both keep and follow. Uh, some people keep a Bible, but they don't read the Bible. And they see what the difference is. I keep it, but I also follow it. I, I become a follower. And, and being a follower is incredibly powerful. So you need a career for cash so you can become a contributor. And you need a sense of calling so you can become a follower. And you need conflict so you can build Christian character. Do you know... Uh, I, nobody, I didn't expect any amens at this part of the service, so thank you. You've met my expectation. But you need character um, also in order to become a leader. And so, and so if, if the one is, is for me to be a contributor, um, uh, what was the second one? It's for me to be a, a follower. And then, and then now I want to become a leader. I have to allow, a work on uh, my character and the way I embrace a biblical character is to go through conflict really well. To go through conflict very well. My personal preference with conflict is to just avoid it, and then when I can't avoid it, I explode. That is not very good. Thanks. Got a therapist in the front row, and this feels like a therapy session. I'm expecting a couch to be rolled out any moment. Uh, God puts me under pressure uh, to to mature me and grow me, and it's something I'm working on. And the more I work on it, the happier I become. And the happier I become, the more a sense of a place in the world I have, and and the more a sense of purpose I have. Uh, I I have to work on the right bags. Uh, I have to pick up the right stones and work on the right things because that's where my blessing lies. 1 Timothy 3.8 uh, says, uh, leaders likewise must be men worthy of respect, honorable, financially ethical, of good character, not double-tongued, speaking uh, half-truths, not addicted to wine. I'm, I'm not sure why that's there, but it's there for somebody. Not greedy for dishonest, dishonest gain. 
I have to work, work on it. And here's the, the joy of the spiritual journey. The Holy Spirit is teaching me how to work it. He's filling me with power and authority to win in these. I hope that's not my, is that, is that mine? Is that mine? Because um, now I hear an alarm and I think it's time to eat, but it can't be. It can only be tomorrow again, like it's already raining. These are the things worth working at. God put Adam in the field to work it. And I, I think there's huge value in that. Number four, are you okay? We've got two to go. You think you can make it? Uh, we need community in order to feel complete. We need community in order to feel complete. I need to be a member of something. Members of the household of God is what the Bible says. Do you know the Bible never says attenders of the household of God? That word is big, eh? Uh, obviously, obviously uh, marriage is community, but marriage can't be your only community. Because again, you're expecting too much from a spouse. You know, I, I love it when people say, hey, my spouse is my best friend. That is, that, that is, that's, that's, that is tough. Your, your, spouse is not, your spouse is not your best friend. Your spouse is better than your best friend. Your best friend is who you punch in the shoulder and watch a good TV show with. You punch your wife in the shoulder, you're going to get the slap of righteousness. <laughs> Back at you. And, and, and so, so we expect, you know, and people make this mistake. They get married and then they shrink back from community and they try to make the two a community. And that is not healthy. It's not biblical. You've got to work on community. You've got, you've got friends who are a little lost. Work on it. Because it's community. You've got people who drift into sadness because something goes wrong in their lives or some uh, uh, expectation isn't met and you've got to work on it. Vice versa is true. Somebody just, you know, they've just gotten into a relationship or whatever. Why don't you? <laughs> Why don't you and your spouse take the two of them to, to a cup of coffee and say, I just want to cheer you on and make myself available to let you guys know how excited we are. So if you want to just talk to Dell and, uh, and Caden after this. Like, it, it Cheer community, be community, build community, become aware of the value of community. Adam, it is not good for you to be alone. Here is somebody, he looked at her, whoa, man, woman, called her woman and built a life together. Be fruitful and multiply, be in community. When you want to withdraw it because something's hurting, you've got to work on it. And I know what that's like. I've been there. I've been in a place where you, every fiber in your being doesn't want to be in the room, but it's good for you. I feel like that about Jim sometimes. Every fiber, every fiber in your being doesn't want to be in the room. Every fiber in your being doesn't want to hear like I lift up my hands because you're in a hurting place. But build community because it's one of the five areas where favor falls and you will feel at peace. And stop building on other stuff. You can build your TikTok followers later, but you better build your community because they, I think that's very valuable. Ephesians 2. Uh, 19 says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, outsiders without rights of citizenship, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. The last thing, we need courage. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to make us consistent because courage turns us into pillars. 
Do you know, uh, becoming unshakable is one of the things you have to work on in life. Have you ever made a commitment that you regretted later? But because you're a good person, you stuck to your commitment. Oh, I have made. Just want to raise my hands there. Just want to raise my hands. I'll never forget how the devil tried to trick me a couple of months ago. Uh, a friend of mine needed their dog to go to the vet and it was a whole big story and they were concerned that the dog might have to be put down and I was concerned and I phoned the vet and I said secretly, I said, I want to pay half the bill. Just don't tell them, I'm going to pay half the bill. So that's what we did. Like two weeks later, my own dog needed to go to the vet. I'm like, oh, Lord, why today? And then I've come to realize something. If you want to be unshakable, immovable, trustworthy, you have to honor your commitments. You have to boldly trust that the Lord knows better that it's going to be measured out, pressed down, shaken together in another way at another season. I'm telling you now, there are a couple of really great seasons coming up in my future because I've walked through a couple of really dry seasons. So I'm looking forward to the rainy seasons. And when it pours, I'm going to rejoice with humility because I'm going to remember the crying that caused this, <laughs> that caused this day. We need more solid people and we get we become solid by having courage and the Holy Spirit needs to fill us with courage so what does your sphere in life look like your sphere in life looks like these five things learning uh, how to fulfill and work on these five areas and then to allow the Holy Spirit to 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 10 exit to take it to another level you see I do my bit and others do their bit, but God causes the increase. Paul worded it like this. He says, one man sows, that's work. Another man waters, that's work. But God gives the increase. And the workman is worthy of his wage. Isn't that interesting? That God sees you and he blesses you. Even though he makes things grow, he blesses you. And I want to encourage you tonight. Let's make a firm commitment to work on things that matter, to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the power and the courage to do it, and to abandon the things that aren't worth working on, to build wisely, because we don't want to chase fantasies, to seek first the kingdom of God, and all the other things shall be added unto us. Could you stand with me as we pray? I wanted to tell you that um, I'm really increasingly excited about um, about the, uh, the what is it, the second semester after the June holidays. I had this idea. I'm I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe it's another one of those God said to me. But I had this idea. Where's Where's Cameron? Like, what if we went out onto the university um, at NMU um, um, in the new term and did like a nod of worship and outreach gospel like on campus. Don't you think that would be really cool? And just reach people, like just bring a couple of thousand people together because, you know, I preached on that campus for 15 years. I know every plant on that campus. 
uh, and I just thought, wouldn't it be great if we just put our faith out there and trust? I actually took a drive around the campus the other day, just for old time's sake. And I was like, this place belongs to Jesus. I am believing it. Seeds are sown in that ground that are going to spring up. And maybe we should do something like that. Okay, let's pray. Lord, help us to work our field. Help us, Lord, to put effort into the things that are valuable. Not to be tricked into uh, things that are chasing the wind or just fantasies, but to work into fruitful things. Holy Spirit, will you teach us that we are here to take charge, to conquer, to reign well, to lead well, to take care of business, to grow things, to sow things, to plant things, and to see your mighty works. Father, will you please teach us not to expect unreasonably from one thing, to spread equally amongst the things that we're supposed to build, to be wise about that. Will you teach us what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and you will add all the other things. So just while we have a, we literally have a minute, um, I wondered if you would be willing to respond if you're in a place where you realize you've neglected some things or something that's important and it's showing in your life. And it really doesn't matter what it is. I don't want to embarrass you. But tonight you're making a firm commitment to, to put focus onto something because it's meaningful and important and you don't want the legs of your faith to be shaken. I just want to be able to stand in agreement and pray with you. So if you're in this space where you know something's been neglected in those five stones, and you'd like prayer, I'm going to ask you to stay where you are, but just to raise your hand long enough for me or us to see it and say, will you please pray for me? I have, have to overcome neglecting an area. Thank you. Thank you. There's so very many of you, so I'm going to do a prayer over you all. And if you feel like you need somebody to pray with you like one-to-one, come forward to one of the team in front and just say, hey man, pray with me. I need a breakthrough tonight. And they'll pray with you. But let me ask God to help you overcome that initial resistance. Father, I pray for every person whose hand's been raised tonight, recognizing neglecting something and, and asking for wisdom to start the process. Lord, will you please motivate us? Will you please clear away the baggage, give us a clear runway so we can launch off in that area. Father, in Jesus' name, will you remove any thought that it is a hill too high to climb or an obstacle too big to move. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, mountains be moved. Mountains be moved so that we can focus on the things that are meaningful and see a victory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and thanksgiving?